right before you fall asleep, what you put into your mind, right? God's going to be able to, you know, you, you can re- have that replay. So you want to be able to, you want to be able to have a little bit more of a, a guide in terms of where you are on this roaring river we call life. Okay. Where, what's my purpose? Remind yourself of what that purpose is. And then the answers will come to you. All right, guys, it's Craig Aperso here with Joe Marcou, and he is coming to us hot today. Joe and I had met um, at a um, business conference. It was like a seven-figure mastermind with Vince Del Monte, putting it on for other fitness entrepreneurs in the industry. Uh, Vince was my coach for the past year, uh, helping me grow some of my fitness businesses more on the one-on-one side. And um, you know, now I'm transferring more to the group pod type training and different things. But uh, Joe was one of the speakers and I wanted to bring him in here because A, he's got just a, a wealth of knowledge, but we also talked on the side and I said, Hey, you know, you can't just come on here with all your success. You got to talk about that pain and what you uh, struggle to go through. And uh, we plan to bring that up today. So without further ado, we got Joe Marku on the line. How are we doing, Joe? Craig, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm stoked to be here, man. I'm, uh, and I'm doing really well. You know, the, the, right from the Vince's event, I went to Atlanta. Then I went to West Palm Beach, Florida. I was supposed to head home, but my wife got COVID. So I was supposed to go from West Palm Beach up to Canada, where, where I am right now. So I opted not because I was speaking at another Craig's event, mm-hmm. uh, Craig Valentine at his Unstoppable Mastermind. So I just went directly to Mexico and got back. And yeah, it's been, it's been a whirlwind. It's been go, 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 almost a full month of travel. So considering two years of not traveling with the COVID thing, and now it's like, okay, live events are back, baby. Let's go. That's it. That's it. And you're in Canada too. What part of Canada? I'm in Winnipeg, Canada. So it's smack dab central, basically look at it seven hours North of Minneapolis or two hours North of, uh, of, uh, Grand Forks, North, North Dakota. So it's, it's cold here in the winter. I understand. So yeah, how were lockdowns for you? How, how did COVID treat, uh, you know, cause we see the, you know, Canada from afar and they see a little bit more draconian than, uh, you know, what the U S had in certain States anyway. Uh, yeah. how was that for you? Yeah. It, it depended on the province that you lived in. Uh, at the end of the day, it, it, it was, it was draconian the way that, that, People were treated, in my opinion. I mean, you, you've you've probably seen uh, a significant exodus that's been happening from the from people that live have lived in Canada. I mean, Vince has left, Craig Ballantyne has left, and you know these are people that I work with. So I, I look at it from that perspective. You know, it's it's an unfortunate thing. Thank God things are reopened now, and you know, let's just get back to business. Right on. Yeah. Cool beans. So talk to me a little bit about this. I mean, you run the uh, the sales dojo, you know, your yeah. company will make sure that we link all the all the good links uh, for the in the description below. So you guys will do that and we'll give him a, a place to uh, share his uh, links and different things uh, at the end of this thing. So make sure you stay tuned because if you're in the sales business, I mean, you need a good coach. You know, Joe, I, I heard him on stage. He comes in there and I, I run sales in multiple different facets with uh, the gym as well as my online fitness business. And, you know, a lot of times we're trying to just get people off the ledge because they're the blocker of their own life. So How'd you get into it, Joe? And tell me a little bit more about that backstory that led you to, uh, you know, being so passionate about sales. You know, the, the thing with sales, you know, how I got into it, I, I first got into it just because of my passion for exercise. So here I was as a young guy in my mid-teens, and I got asked to go and work in an exercise equipment retail store and, you know, got got into it to a certain extent and, and understood the idea of just having a conversation with people. And then I got mentored and I was told, you know what, you got to start reading and you got to go, go to live events. And one of the first live events I ever went to was a guy by the name of Jim Rohn. All right on. And if you know, Jim Rohn, I mean, Jim, if does anybody know Tony Robbins, because Jim Rohn was Tony Robbins's mentor. That's right. So that was one of the very first events I went to. And I I was all of 17 and that just blew the door open. And then, you know, from there, Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, Bob Proctor, Tony Robbins, Mm -hmm. and, you know, things have evolved ever since. And so uh, I ended up opening up my very first exercise equipment retail store due to my passion for fitness equipment and, and fitness in general. I wanted to help people provide tools where they could 
exercise in the convenience of their own home. And all the stuff that we, we offered back when I had my store was exceptionally high ticket. It was high end stuff. So I opened up my first store at the age of 20. Right. And I think of it now, man. I mean, Craig, I've got kids that are ranging from soon to be 31. I have a daughter who's almost 31, twin boys of 29, a daughter who's 26, and a daughter who's 23. And it's like, yeah, opening a store at 20 years old today, I, it boggles my mind. Wow. And I had to learn pretty quick that sales wasn't about being manipulative. It was about what, how to have a conversation with people so that they could come to a place where they want to buy from you as opposed to feeling like they've been sold. That's always been my approach. Well, most and, people are looking, right, Joe? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, pe- sales does get a bad rap. And, you know, there's times oh God, that I yeah. hated sales, but I think the higher the ticket of sales, I think the more I liked it. I think yeah. it's just, you know, when you're just trying to pitch something small that you don't have that energy and that like dopamine rush, you're just like, I'm just another guy sitting over here selling hawking, whatever. But if, you, if, if I understand it correctly in the way, you know, I think everyone should look at this is like people are in the marketplace to buy. It's not like you're selling them something that they had no clue that they were buying that day. And, you know, but in the back of their mind, they're like, oh, maybe I should have that because essentially you're often not, you know, meeting with people, especially on the high ticket side of things with uh, something that wasn't on their radar first. You know, they're yeah. usually in the market or basically warm to it anyway. Am I, am I right? And you're just proposing that your solution is better than the next. And there, there's there's a percentage of people, if we just round numbers, 20% of people are now buyers, 60%. And then there's another 20% of the people at the bottom of the scale, they're never buyers. Right. And then there's 60% of the people that require a little bit of persuasion and influence. And that's where being a good salesperson, again, when I say persuasion, it's not to manipulate, there's a difference. Yeah. Right. And, and that th- this skill is something that you acquire and then it's something that you have to practice. And so I, I quickly learned, I acquired the skill, but man, it's changed like over 30 years. And then in this process, back when I was in my 20s and then I did a merger with a company uh, when I was 25 and was with them for 18 months. And you know, we learned quickly being this small company that merged into a very big company across Canada. We went from seven locations to 38 locations. And, you know, my ego got in the way where, you know, I thought, you know, my crap did stink and everything was going great and we were making big money and I was young mm-hmm. and, and then everything fell apart. Right. It's usually my how ego. it happens, doesn't it? The, the bigger oh, yeah. ego get and the bigger that you think that you're impenetrable. Um, yeah. You know, I think the Lord humbles you. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, uh, I sold my, my sold the shares of my business because I didn't like the direction of where the company was going. What ended up happening, mind you, was my personal life was in complete disarray. So I went from being so focused on wanting to make money, thinking that that it was the be all end all, that that's how I was going to provide for my family. And I, I mean, by the time this had happened, and, 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 and a couple of jobs afterwards that I had chosen to take. And it was all work, 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 travel, travel, travel. And what ended up happening, Craig, was I, I lost what was the most important thing to me because I was married. <clears throat> By the time everything unfolded, I, I'd sold my business at, at that point at, at, at around almost 27. And three years later, my wife at the time had an affair with my best friend, godfather to my youngest daughter. So at this point, I've got two kids, a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and I'm oblivious because I'm constantly working. And, and I, and I want to be you know, very transparent. I've, I've, I've had to do a lot of work around this. I thought that I was doing the job of provider, which I think is, as men, you know, that's still part of the definition. Hey, you're, you're supposed to you know, bring you know, meat to the table here, right? You're the breadwinner. And so I took that on and I wanted to be, quote unquote, successful in the eyes. I was so worried about what everybody else thought as opposed to, hey, how's my relationship with my wife? How's my relationship with my kids? No, it was just look the part, man. 
it's it's I'm like gonna share being a- after this episode or maybe even before i'm not sure when you're listening to this one you might hear me drop a conversation my wife and i had and joe I, unfortunately i find myself in the, your 20 year old shoes right now in a lot of ways in my life where mm. i'm aware maybe you were i'm not sure how aware you were i'm aware of everything in my life i'm aware of where i'm terrible i'm aware of where i'm great but I also understand that I'm, I'm stuck in a rut where it's like I put myself extended so long and I find myself in that work mode and, and it's not hustle. I don't, I don't, I don't, um, I don't pump up the hustle, right? You know how, right. like, you know, social media right now, it's like, it's trending to be the hustler. Sure. I think it's terrible. I think it's At a terrible cost? idea. Right. But, uh, I find myself stuck. So as you're listening to this, I'm, I'm like, I see this, I see self right now. Um, I'm aware of it. Don't get me wrong. I'm aware of what, everything you're saying right now, but if this is going to hit home for me, I think. And hopefully if you're listening, this should hit home for you guys too, right now, because often our success comes at a sacrifice of something else. And we yeah. have to find out what balance looks like, but I don't believe balance exists. I believe harmony exists. And there's a big difference between those two. And I'd love to explore that topic with you. So I'm glad yeah. we're here and let's, let's stick, let's stick with this. Keep going, man. So, so yeah. And, and, and it's a mix, right? I mean, balance, we all think of balance and you think of this scale and you want to have it perfectly set up right? There's no, you know, because if, if you tip the scale, then it, a lot of people, a lot of times we think that if the scale is tipping, the whole thing's going to fall over. So instead of the word balance, think of it as a mix. If you're an entrepreneur, right? Or if you're a driven individual, and I'm assuming people that are listening to this, you're, you're likely a driven person. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, some people call it a type A personality, um, and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Then it's just a question of being where, where Craig is, and that's being aware. When I was 30 years old, I wasn't aware mm-hmm. until it was too late. So it's easy to say, yeah, my ex-wife had an affair with my ex-best friend. Cause I mean, right. So at the time it was like, my wife's having an affair with my, my, my best friend. And it was always pointing the finger at them. And do I condone the behavior? Absolutely not. Was I thinking about suicide? Yep. I thought I literally thought of the, the I envisioned the whole thing, Craig, wow. how I was going to do it. Cause I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. My, I was stabbed in the back by two people who I loved and, and then, you know, I snapped out of it and it's not that I was a big drinker back then. I made a conscious decision. Okay. That's it. Nothing's going to alter my mood because I have to feel these emotions to get through this. So I said, no booze. I, I wasn't a, a big, you know, drug user by any stretch of the matter. Occasionally, you know, I, I, I'd smoke weed back way back then. At, so I just said, no, no, anything that is going to alter my mood. And I started doing the work. I went to go see a pro and I got involved in a group, uh, a, a men's group where, you know, I could just listen and or talk and cried a shit ton, to be honest. And it was, it was probably some of the best work I've ever done on myself. And what I came to realize, despite the behavior that I don't agree with, I had to look at myself and go, what was I doing or what, what didn't I do so that my wife at the time had to go somewhere else to get what she needed, right? Yeah. That's a tough thing to come to grips with because it's easy to go, man, I was the model husband. I was a fitness guy. I was competing. I was in great shape. Um, yeah, I, I, I was bringing a lot of money home. She had everything that she could ever want to buy. And that didn't matter. Right. Like that, that's just surface. She didn't have the one thing that she probably told you that she wanted was your time, your effort, yeah. your unconditional love, your feeling yeah. wanted. My wife gives me that one all the time. I want to feel wanted. You don't make me feel wanted. And it's like, you know, one day I got to listen to this, this message right now. But um, I, I like what you're saying right now, because I think it's such a strong message for like our listeners, which are mainly men. You know, there's a few women out there and I appreciate you sticking with me because I don't really speak to you. <laughs> I usually speak from the side of the, the, the males, but it's good. Yeah, I think yet she's probably understand. learning something about that. I think you understand where our heads are at. And I definitely want to, you know, you know, side on the, on the side of the men, because we have a lot of stress in our, in our own environment. That's probably put there from our father or from what society believes what men to be. And we want to live up to that. And I don't believe it's toxic masculinity, which is like something that is popular these days. And with the whole trans movement and all that, you know, I don't think there's anything to do with that. It's just the way we're wired. I literally just, um, 
had some counsel the other day with uh, somebody I train. Actually, I only train one guy in person and uh, he's a God-fearing man. And he talked about in Genesis, there's a part of the Bible where they actually say, you know, how like man and woman were developed differently in contrast to each other, where our emotions are completely different than their emotions. And I'll, I'll definitely quote this maybe in the show notes or something, if I can go find it and get reference from him. But, you know, you said a couple of things, Joe, you went to counsel, you had to see outside yourself and you had to take a self audit. It's something that we don't do very well. I know my flaws because I'm very actively auditing myself almost daily. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a craft that I take is in the morning, I try to write out what I want to do today. And in the evening, I write down what I did today. And what if I had the day to do differently, what I do differently? Um, you know, so if I had the day to do over again, and, you know, I think it's such a big thing to basically just take full responsibility of all things in your actions. And, and even when, you know, you come in the room, you see dishes in the sink or come into the kitchen and you're like, you know, well, maybe there's a reason those the dishes are there not blow up on somebody like stuff right. like I would do. I'm, I'm quick. I'm pretty quick and hot to uh, jump to conclusions, but maybe think about the day that someone might've had that couldn't get there and think about all those things that maybe I could have done it. You know what I mean? Like there's just a lot and you know, it, it just, it hits home a lot because it, you know, I know that you went through some painful things, but hopefully that we can shed the light on others that are, are in that spot. They're, they're going all the time. They're not there. They're putting, other things. And it's usually not putting yourself first. You're putting your job or some career or some kind of opportunity ahead of you, because if you're putting yeah. you first, you would be fulfilling all the things in your life that would pr provide value and fun for you. Not the and, drinking, not the booze, not, you know, no. if you're cheating, it's the things that are going to provide fulfillment. And later on in life for me, that was faith. And that was my family a lot more than the fame and the glory that I thought that I had that would make a difference. Right. And it's, and it's funny because there's a couple of things that you've just said here that are, that are resonating. Number one is, you know, we, there's nothing wrong with having goals and achievement is, you know, is fleeting. I mean, I, I, I'm, yeah, I don't know if you, if, if the view, if there's just, if there's listeners are going to be able to view this, but you know, I've got a lot of these trophies and I know you do as well. Like they're yeah. from body from when I was competing in, in bodybuilding and, you know, visual what, like, reference, he's holding up a trophy. Yeah. So, so, and, and, and these trophies, like I, I can literally remember the months that went into contest preparation and everything else. And then at the end of the day, you get the trophy and literally the next day, it's like, I, it's over mm -hmm. the next day, mm -hmm. minutes it's over. Yep. And, and, and you said something. So, so that, you know, the, the, am I going after pleasure or am I going after joy? Like, what are you after? Yeah. Cause joy is constant. Like it's passion and it's purpose, right? Like the, the, the word purpose has meaning to me now more than ever. Yep. And it, it, it leads me to why am I doing what I'm doing? It's, it's my purpose. And you said something earlier though, I don't want to forget because it's so important. And you said, you know, the trigger is that anger piece and, and, you know, you can see the dishes that are sitting there and you get angry. And I, I, I remember those days where it's like, WTF, why is this like this right now? And, and the, the, the answer is who cares? Yeah. Because what, and, and for me, it was this thing about how my parents always had everything clean and in order. And when they got divorced, when I was a kid, I wanted to have everything clean and in order because it was the only thing as a young person that I could control. And it carried into my older adult life. And I don't know about you, Craig, or for you, the listener, one of the things that I've come to learn very quickly is I hate being afraid. And when I feel fear, I'm quick to anger. When I feel fear, I'm quick to anger, meaning that some people, they feel emotions they don't like. So what do they do? They eat and they eat and they eat. And all they're doing is they're just stuffing the emotions down, right? Mm -hmm. Or other people will drink. They're mood altering. So my mood, if I feel fear, I just, I, I, this pattern that I was, had developed before was quick to anger because as men, we don't like, no, no dude I know likes to feel afraid. I mean, right. you might like horror movies and that kind of thing. I'm, I'm talking real fear or this anticipation of the future. So what would I be afraid of if, you know, the house is a little dirty when people are coming over, right? I would be afraid of what people thought. Snap out of it, Joe. Like, and so really, who cares? Because nobody's going to bed at night. I can promise you this right now, Craig. Nobody's going to bed at night thinking about Joe Marcoux other than Joe Marcoux.
Like I'm not going to bed thinking about anybody else. I might be thinking about Sean and my wife when I'm rolling over onto her and, and, you know, like that's when I'm closing my eyes and I'm reflecting in terms of what my day was like. And I do a, uh, an, an evening meditation uh, and it's, it's, you know, you, 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 it, it comes from Job um, 33. It's, it's, you know, he open as you're slumbering on your bed, he opens your ears and seals your instructions, right? Right before you fall asleep, what you put into your mind, right? God's going to be able to, you know, you, you can re- have that replay. So you want to be able to, you want to be able to have a little bit more of a, a guide in terms of where you are on this roaring river we call life. Okay. Where, what's my purpose? Remind yourself of what that purpose is. And then the answers will come to you. And that's anyways, I'm, I'm rambling my man. I'm no, I like it. I like it. I, that, that stuff, uh, is where I'm at right now at this point. It's always development and, uh, you know, trying to find more knowledge, more wisdom and fulfillment at the end of the day. You know, I think a lot of people lack, like you mentioned purpose, but I think it's at the end of the day, the fulfillment. So like, I always, I'd always think of it rest. Well, you know, rest without anxiety and stress. It's like, know that I put in a day's work and know that that's what I was supposed to do. You know, although we have more work to do tomorrow, know that, you know, you are purposeful in your day's actions and you are fulfilled rest easy. Right. You know, yeah. because that's going to help you get deep sleep and get that rest that you need to start the day tomorrow. And again, the anxiety and the stress comes in when, Oh my God, there's so much to do. Like I have a webinar that I'm going to be producing soon. And I know that I'll be I'll be missing some of the support that I paid for, um, you know, very soon because I'm coming towards the end of it. So I'm pushing a little bit more than I probably would want to or, or comfortable, but at the end of the day, I'm going to just say, you know what, I'm blocking these time to work. I'm going to block this time with my family. Like my daughter, I've, I've said more yes to my family than I have in a long time, despite the amount of uh, workload that I have, just because I'm being intentional. Like you said, like looking and being self-aware to say work's always going to be there. It's just going to be there. And we have to understand it's just like washing our body or cutting our grass. It's going to be a daily ritual that we're going to have to go through and we're going to have to allocate specific time and budget for that. And then we have to fulfill other areas of uh, interest to us that are going to provide harmony and happiness. Right. And is it, that's that, you know, you make, you make a, a valid point for me. It's, it's when I'm looking at my daily or my weekly calendar, I'm looking to put now more than ever, more of that white space so that I could, you know, have my business and my work work around me instead of me working around my work. Mm-hmm. So if I prioritize a negotiable date night, for Shauna and I, Sunday Sundays are family dinner night. Like that's these are things that are just like this is it. Yeah. These are the way things go. And you know, like the more of that white space in the calendar, so it's not appointment, 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 appointment. Listen, I mean, you, like you just said, the work will always be there. And I, I, I recently saw something with Alex Hermosi where he says it's like we're we're all playing this poker game. And you can all create, you can all get as many chips as you want. But at the end, the pit boss, AKA the Grim Reaper, is going to knock you on the shoulder and say, okay, that's it, man. You got to leave the table. And guess what you do with all those chips? You put them right back in because mm-hmm. you ain't taking anything with you, man. That's right. Nothing. So let's hope that we can take the memories. And what memories do you want? The work that you did or the quality time that you spent with family or how, you know, the little things like, Jordan Peterson recently was saying about that, the little things of, of how do you get greeted when you come home or how do you greet people when they come home? Cause that's the stuff that really matters. It's not, you know, turning your back to somebody when you're on your phone, when they walk in the door, it's put your damn phone down and give somebody a hug when they get home and let yeah. them know that you care about them. And it's stuff like that. That matters, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's cool that you said that. And, uh, have you met Jordan Peterson? I mean, I know you guys are up from Canada. I just assumed I wish Canadians know each other. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish it's like, yeah, when I leave, I keep the light on, but, uh, no, uh, yeah, I, I wish I, he, yeah. I, I really value what he brings to the table and what he, how his philosophies, they resonate. And, and he's changed a lot recently. He's yep. had some breakthroughs in faith and different things. I think he's Big found time. himself in another way. And I really like who he's becoming, you know, uh, so, which is really cool. He's super vulnerable. And, and, and I, I love what he's saying about, you know, men need to be valued. 
And there's aspects of, of as men that, the, the, and, and I'm t- like, w- whether you're an entrepreneur, white collar, blue collar, there's especially the, the men that are doing the dangerous work out there. I mean, we, we, we take them for granted, right? These people that are building buildings, these people that are working in, in infrastructure, these people that are like that the majority, and I'm not saying all, I'm saying the majority of men that are, that are, you know, in the military, uh, I mean, these are a lot of people that are just taken for granted. And sometimes people say, thank you for your service. I appreciate you. And it's just a, a sentence that's coming out of your mouth. And I'll tell you what, even as a Canadian, I look at us, we're the 51st state, right? We're in the, we're in the loft and the house parties down below. Right. And every time I meet somebody who's been in the military in the American military, or for sure for the Canadian military, but in the, in the American military, I, I stop and I, I let them know, I can't imagine the fear. I can't, I, I really can't like to volunteer and want to go to these places where it's, yeah. When I say thank you, I, I, I sincerely mean it because yeah. it's uh, there has been a price. My grandfather and I, the, you know, for the, for the viewers, the listeners, you may not see this. This is my grandfather's obituary and he's on my desk. I've never shared this before, Craig. I'm going big with you, bud. I appreciate um, that. My, my grandfather was a uh, uh, fighter pilot um, teacher in World War II. And um, I, I, I'm not kidding. Like, he's around me as I speak to you now. Like, whenever I do any type of uh, inner work, spiritual work, and it's like the, the, if the question comes up in a rim session, who's your guide? He's my guide. He like, he's there. And, and we wouldn't be living the way that we live right now in North America. If it weren't for the people that fought for the freedoms that we have. And I'm, I I think of it now and you've heard this before, right? Like this, this idea of good times make soft people. Mm -hmm. Right. And then unfortunately soft people make hard times. Well, Mm -hmm. during those hard times, that's where tough people like my grandfather and he was tough. He would, we would, we, I, Craig, I, 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 I kid you not. We would be at a family function, like at a Christmas event where like and he, my grandfather had a huge family. So it'd be like 50 of us French Canadian family. Right. So it was like huge offspring and grandchildren. Pepe would get up. He would just get up from his chair, not even from the dinner table, just anywhere. And everybody would go quiet in case he wanted to say something. He just commanded that level of respect. It was awesome. It was awesome. That's great. Yeah. And you're you're saying some things that hit on the political, uh, you know, stuff that's going on right now, which just kills me because I'm a proud American. You know, I know you're, you're most likely a proud Canadian. Like you believe in like what your country went through to get to where it is today. And you, resonate with the freedoms that you have and to see so many people easily just trying to give up these freedoms and give up their liberties and give give up the sacrifices before you just en- enrages me so we're not going to go down that road today but um we'll, i could certainly have you back if you want to go on that road Anytime, i have a, man. I have a look side. what's happening in the ukraine these are people that look just like you and me like anyone else and we take it for granted i mean the the reason that we have the, this type of military strength especially in your country is so that stuff like that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And people, we take it for granted. We just absolutely take it for granted. Yeah. I literally have a side um, bar on this podcast. It's it literally the episode is called Jack politics. And so we'll, we'll, we'll come up with uh, different things. So we're not going to turn that one into this one, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> some people love it. Some people hate it. I'm sure. But um, you know, you said a couple of things that I want to, I want to bring to light something that I kind of had the epiphany and I, I don't know that I posted it, but I, I recorded the video anyway. I was upstairs and my wife said something to me. She goes, you know, when you come downstairs, we believe you have time for us. Mm. When, when you're seen in the public, you know, public space, right. Of the house, we believe that you're done working and that you're actually available for conversation because oftentimes I'm just passing through and I'm just like, no, I'm working. No, I'm not working, but I don't look like I'm working. I especially don't look like I'm working to my six-year-old who's always looking for right. my time, et cetera. So it's like, I would say to you guys that are working at home, um, or, you know, in that space where you're basically just not, not available for your family, 
know what their perception is of your time that you're showing them, right? Like if you're just sitting there or sitting down or, you know, they believe that that's their time too. They believe that you're willing and able to share that with them, but yet you might be busy in your phone. Well, go hide out in your room. I think it's better to be out of sight, out of mind. So you're, you're not demonstrating what not to do to your kids or your wife. Um, you know, so I would, you know, I've literally almost got an office. I, I have an office here at my house, but um, I almost rented an office somewhere just to make myself go to work. So I couldn't be seen in that area. So I couldn't let down my family because I felt right. like after not knowing about this or not being aware of how they perceived me, you know, it was just creating such conflict and seeing my daughter and always having to say, no, I'm busy. No, I'm busy. No, I'm busy just to go get a Coke or, or you know, what, or not a Coke. I don't drink Coke, but just to go get a, you know, a, a drink or something out of the refrigerator. So it's like, yeah, just be aware, you know, you guys understand. And, you know, when you're home, when you're working in that environment, you know, you're seen as available, you know, although you might have a sign on your chest that says I'm not available. Um, just be aware of that guys. And just, you know, if anything, if there's something that I've learned over the years, especially working from home for as many years as I have, um, I would I would encourage do time blocks because you're not going to be able to work at a high intensity. It's like working out. You can't train at a high intensity for eight hours. Sorry, can't do it. So go in, work hard for 90 minutes, and then take 30 minutes where you just walk away from the work and yeah, play. Like go play, go play, whether it's play a guitar or go for a walk and maybe take a little person with you for that walk. You, it, It's amazing when you're not thinking about work, that good ideas will show up as opposed to, you know, th- this, again, the grind culture that we see on social media. Oh yeah, man, you're a martyr. Oh yeah. You're doing every, you're always 24 seven. No, yep. I mean, quality of life. You know, I would, I would much rather, and I, and I love the way that Gary Vee says it, you know, there's seven and a half billion people on this planet. And what we all need to figure out is wake up in the morning, happy. Like that's, that's it. It's not who's got the most stuff wins. And I got caught up in that. That's what led me to, you know, being in a position where I lost it all. (laughs) That's what, that's the worst part, losing it all and almost taking my own life for it. Like it's, it's not about that. And don't get me wrong. I still get caught up in comparison syndrome. Craig, I've, I've seen your, I've seen your photos of when you were competing online and I'm like, Oh, oh dude. All right. And it's like, snap out of it, Joe, like snap out of it. Can I be happy with what I have right now? And then the real question is in all aspects of my life, not just financially, not just work-wise, am I better than I used to be? Am I better than I used to be? Am I a better father? Am I a better friend? Am I a better husband? Am I a better son? Right? Because I mean, I've, my, my, my biological parents are still alive. I mean, these are, am I a better uncle? Like, and, and, you know, the truth is, as I ask these questions, I can audit myself and say, I need work. And that's where it gets really interesting to be able to say, you know, whether I audit myself or I sit down with someone else and, you know, get the outside eyes of a good coach and create a, even the creation of a book of what your life, you want it to look like, like when you visualize it that way. And my wife and I did this program called Lifebook and it was, it, it, it was like, boom, like it had one chapter out of 12 had to do with finances. The rest of it was quality of life, spiritual life, relationship, life book. Life. Life book. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fantastic. Okay, check that out. Yeah. yeah. I'm in the middle of writing a book right now too. And just trying to really Good get my, you, man. get my, get my brain on, on paper, you know, a lot of, a lot of that stuff. That's kind of why I'm doing the webinar as well. But um, yeah, man, this, this is a good conversation just because I, you know, I know where you're successful now and it's so easy. Like I said to you, it's like, I hate bringing people on here and we're just like stroking them a little bit and saying, you know, uh, you're so great. You're so awesome. You know, I like to see where, you know, where, where, where did you have pain? Because that's going to relate so much more to the people that are listening. And man, you're telling me you're about to, you know, you almost took your life. You had a really depressive uh, situation that happened with your marriage and your best friend. And it's like, how do you overcome that? And what did you tell me? You said you self audit, you took responsibility for the time you weren't there and you said, okay, how can I change it? So how did you change it? How, you know, you, you saw a coach, right? Um, where and I still you- have coaches in my life today on, and for different aspects, for different reasons. It's the smartest move ever. So what I did, Craig, was I went, 
I went and um, I went and saw a professional therapist, number one. And then that, and here's, here's an interesting story too. This guy was also doing a, a weekly anger management course. He said, you know what? We were in our, our session. And then he goes, I also do a weekly anger management course. I'd love for you to come. And I said, okay. So I end up going to this thing, Craig, and I'm the only person there who's there, who's volunteered. Everybody else that's in this anger management course was there because the courts, right? A judge told them, you got to go there. <laughs> and I'm volunteering, right? Just mind blown. And so everybody's sharing their story. And one guy's like, I had road rage. And you know, one guy's, you know, and then in the language that they use was like just bizarre to me. Like, instead of saying, yeah, my, my wife, it was the guy says, yeah, my old lady pissed me off. And I, I, I hit her. And I'm like, wow. So I tell my story of, yeah, my wife had an affair with my best friend, who's the godfather to my youngest child. And everybody's looking at me and they're like, you're not in jail. You didn't hit him. You didn't kill him. You didn't kill them both. And I'm like, no, I'm and they're like, so why are you here? I'm like, I volunteered. And they're like, their jaws were dropping. They couldn't believe it. And th- I think that's what saved me is the fact that I had the presence of mind. And don't get me wrong. I was I angry. Hell yes. Um, did I want to break things and punch people? Absolutely. And, and I, I can only tell you that the moment that I, I made that decision of I'm not drinking and then I need to go talk to somebody right away, it led me to all of these resources that got me, I believe, out of hell a lot faster than had I stuck in there and tried to do it alone. There's no way. There's no way. You, and you have the, the characteristic of resiliency. And I think it's one of the strongest things that are, it's the most underrated characteristic that's mentioned when, when we go through, mm. when people are like, you got to have the mindset, you got to have the mentality, you got to have the belief, the vision, et cetera. Nobody pushes resiliency. Resiliency yeah. is the art of getting up and continuing to do in the face of adversity in finding the way you yeah. found the way. And, and I can most likely guarantee that of all the people in that room, you're probably by standards, the most successful in standards. I put the quotes in the air at this point, because yeah, it's not about money differently. Right. Yeah. But I mean, you took it upon yourself to audit your situation, improve it and go forward. That's something that literally, I'm, you know, like I mentioned a couple of times, I'm dropping a webinar and it's going to be the first shift that I talk about with people is literally like understanding your mentality, your belief, your vision, you know, the things that really just make up you and your DNA, it has to be rewired. It has to. And like, you know, yeah. if people see my social media, I'm, I'm posting like every third post right now, mindset, it is so encompassing in my life right now, just because I know what, what I need and I just share what I need to the world. And it's because, so I can act out of my own experiences and conversations that I have with my own clients. And it's this, the most powerful underrated thing you can do is work on you and your mental capacity. It was, it was like Denzel Washington that says, he's, you know, you fall down seven, you get up eight. That's right. It's it, it, it and I, I, I akin to this, honest to God, to the benefits of what I learned in the gym. I, cause I would always train to failure, right? And okay, like, cause a, a, a training to failure to me was an effective set. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, it's not a loss, it's just what it is. And surrounding myself with other people, and that's the other thing, like, we're not alone, guys. Like folks, if you're listening here, like we are not alone. You are not alone. If, if the fit is hitting the shan, as it were, you got to reach out to someone. And when it's real, a, whether it's a friend or a pro, they're going to listen. And it's, it, it's, it's, it's the best investment that you can make. And what, what I, I also went into at the same time, I, I, because there were people that were drinking around me and it was affecting me. I, so I don't, know if, I don't know if you're familiar with Al-Anon. So there's AA for people who are alcoholics. And then there's Al-Anon for people, and I'll raise my hand, who are the codependent people where I, so in a relationship where I wasn't happy unless she was happy. So I would give out and I would give out and I would give out and I would give out until I just gave out. Yeah. And so I got around all these dudes. It was a men's group that I got invited to and it was awesome. And I ended up getting a sponsor and he was awesome. And I would do what they call a step four and a step five, which is essentially you got to bear your soul of 
all of your character defects with someone. And when you do that, it gives you the opportunity to grow. Yeah. And it's, if you're not going to be vulnerable in your life, there's literally no way that you're going to be able to grow your life. That's, that's it. I agree with that statement hundred percent. And, and, and I would say even take it one step forward. If you can clean the narrative in your life, maybe the dirty laundry or the skeletons in your closet mm. and come clean to the people that you may have hurt, you may have done bad things to. That's it. Do you know how empowering you become after that? After you're just like, you know what? I'm clean. Yeah. Whether you're spiritual, whether you believe in God or whoever it is, you know, you might be able to share that with them, but you're still holding on to some dirty laundry. You yeah. know, I would say take the ultimate sacrifice and go tell the people who you've wronged that you've wronged them and that you're sorry and that you can ask for forgiveness. And they may forgive you, they may not. They may I mean, not. If you can be honest with yourself first and then others, you, you have such potential to just be raw, be honest, and just let it go and let it see where it goes because you're going to find that, you know, people are going to respect your honesty. They may not forgive you and it's not their right to, they're not God. They're not Jesus. Um, but you have to give yourself the benefit of saying, I have nothing left to hide. I have only something to gain. And you know, they're holding on to baggage. I don't, do you remember, uh, Annie's conversation from, from, uh, Vince's event? Oh yeah. Um, You know, when she talked about how much baggage we're holding, she gave up some data points, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I'll be probably working with her team really soon too, you know, to take some, uh, counsel from them. Um, you'll love it. Shauna, Shauna just had a call with her yesterday. Oh, right on. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's huge. Yeah. I had a first initial console and I just said, let me get this webinar. (laughs) Let me get this thing out so I can concentrate a little bit, but like, guys, we're holding up to so much baggage that we either grow up with, whether we learned it through our parents or whether we had trauma in our lives or whether we're the ones who inflicted trauma. But if you can't release that, you are going to have such a hard time growing. And it sounds like you went to the steps to get that help, to get the counsel that you needed to be in camaraderie in fellowship with others. And, you know, that's part of like what, what I do in my coaching group is, you know, provide a Wednesday call to just like, let people let it out. You know, I, I provide the openness, the rawness and be like, look, this is, this is a box. We're not going to let this thing out. Whatever happens here is going to stay here. I may say something that you don't like, but you know what? It's coming from a place of, of heart and it's coming from a place of expansion and knowing that I can help you improve your life. And that's what it's about. It's a, literally just about continuing to look within to find the way, you know, someone said in one of my marriage enrichment classes that I was in, if you're looking past the mirror, you're looking too far. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. If you're looking past the mirror, you're looking too far. Wow. Yeah. It's not a window. Right. Beta Rostulian kind of made a reference to that. Don't keep looking out the window. Make sure the window is actually a mirror because you got to look at yourself. Yeah, right on. And it's hard work. It's absolutely hard work. And especially when you have somebody else who can be impartial and and when you bring it up and you you mentioned this about forgiveness, you know, whether you're seeking forgiveness or you're letting people know that you've wronged them. I remember going through this list of people. It's part of the step 12 step process. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to some people, letting them know, hey, I I did this and I've, I've, I've been, I've been feeling terrible about it. And in a couple of occasions, they were like, I had no idea what you, I don't know, even know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm carrying the baggage yep. Yep. and I, like, I'm and Craig, I'm talking years of carrying this baggage. Yeah. And these people are like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what, I don't even remember what you're talking about. Yeah. You're so mad. You're, you're mad at people. You're in this like fight with somebody and they don't even know they're in a fight with you. Right. Yeah. Right. And what does that do to the dynamics of relationships? You know, it's, it's crazy. So now what I've come to learn, and again, I'm by no means am I perfect. Whenever I'm in a position where I may, I may feel like a little off at something, I want to do my very best to be able to, you know, like deal with it immediately, immediately, because I don't want to have to carry this stuff. I just don't want to deal. Like, I don't want to deal with it later. Let's just deal with it now. It's like taking the bandaid off. Let's go. Fast action. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, Joe, talk to us about how we can, uh, 
you know, I, I want to make sure before we let you go, where can everyone find you? Tell, give, give us all the links on like, you know, where the best place they can go. Joe is an amazing, and I, w- I was loving to see if we can even, uh, you know, do some uh, role-playing a little bit. You know, if you're in the sales game, if you're, I don't care what you're selling, Joe is Joe is a stud. And I believe that you you possibly have a, a, a call with somebody first, yeah. or how does that go? Talk to me yeah, about so, your services so, it, so we you don't know, let you off the hook with that. Yeah, you know, the thing is, is that a lot of people have this, this mis- nomer or this like this this misunderstanding of what sales truly is and i'm looking to change that and so you know and people a lot of people hate sales because they don't want to be salesy they don't want to be that used car sales guy and whatnot and that's not the approach that i like to use i want to be genuine i want people to be genuine i want people to be authentically themselves Mm -hmm. so what we've created is like you you've got your wednesday calls well i've got these live on Zoom. Thank God for the pandemic because it's created a space where now it's very common and and accepted. People will meet weekly on Zoom. We call it the SOS, the Sales Objection System Dojo. So you meet in the dojo. We have a black belt in the room. And what we do is we role play handling objections in a real life live environment. And so, and number one, we're making a difference. Number two, we're having fun. Number three, we're helping people grow. And number four, yes, people are getting paid. So in those four tenets are important. So people can go to sosdojo.com and check it out. You can come in for a free session, you guys. Like, Just come check it out. You can follow me at on Instagram at Coach Joe Marcu or on TikTok at Coach Joe Marcu. And we're giving away a lot of stuff, great content. And with the intention of just take the information so that you can authenticate it in conversation. And the blueprint, I'll tell you the blueprint right now is you acknowledge people first, not the objection. You acknowledge the people you're speaking with first. Then you ask questions. Don't try to be interesting. Be interested. Doesn't that make more sense? Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's so stupidly simple. People have a hard time with it. And so we work on tone. We work on body language, not just the words that you use. And we have a lot of fun with it. We have a lot of laughs and it's a great community. And we're helping people be better communicators, not just in sales, but in their personal lives. That's It, it bleeds over into all aspects of life. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a true blessing. And I'm, I'm lucky to be able to have come up with this concept. And yeah, I'm very, who's, very, who's lucky. the number one avatar that's in your group. You would say like, who, what kind of salesperson do you help or you have the most of, are they, you that's know, a real great question. Agents? Are they marketers? Like who, who are you working with the most? I, get, I, I deal with a lot of coaches, people that work from home that have home-based businesses. Although I, I also have a lot of people that are in retail. So it, it, things are shifting now because it's in some aspects of retail, whether it's sporting goods, fitness, bike retail, but I, I deal with a lot of coaches. I deal with a lot of um, uh, whether it's nutrition coaching, fitness coaching, health coaching. I've got poker mindset coaches in the dojo. I didn't even know poker mindset was a thing. Um, so, and there's a lot of businesses that I I don't know anything about how to do their business. Like we've had people from funeral services, for example. And it, it, listen, I, I I know nothing about the funeral services industry. What I can help people do, however. And I had somebody challenge me. She, she said, well, how long have you been in the funeral services industry for? And, I, and, I, and I, I smiled and I said, you know what? I really appreciate the question. And I do. Appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Yeah. Right? And I acknowledge her and I said, do you believe that my ability to help you master sales objections has anything to do with my experience in the funeral services industry? And she thought about it for a quick second. This was in front of a group and she goes, I guess not. And I'm like, I can guarantee you not. I said, really, you're going to be the expert in what you do. Mm-hmm. This will apply to what it is that you do so that you can help people convert. You get your guest to become a customer and they're going to want to buy from you as opposed to them feeling like you sold them something. It's a That's big right. feeling difference there. Yeah. It's like you're, if you're going to do the work with Annie, by the way, you're going to feel, you're going to find this out, Craig. It's the question that is, what is my desired emotional state? What's the desired emotional state in the future. Right. So instead of having this big lofty goal of I want to make 10 million bucks, blah, blah, blah. It's what do you want to feel like? Well, I want to feel thrilled and happy. And I want my, and then what do I, what, what do I want my customers to feel like? I want them to feel thrilled 
joyful, happy, you know, fulfilled, right? Mm -hmm. And if that's in alignment, which I know it is for me and the community that we have in the dojo, there's nothing but success in that. It's great. You're going to dig any, man. Cool. I love it. I love it. Um, it's, it sounds like, you know, cause I always, I speak to my group and I always say, you know, you got to start with the end. There's a couple different books. We actually, I sent a book out. One of, one of my, um, clients is in, uh, you know, he's in the C-suite of one of, uh, the companies up in Buffalo or not Buffalo, but upstate New York. And, um, you know, he, he gave, he sent to all of us the book. So I distributed it. He sent it to me and it was more or less start with the end. So knowing what the end goal is first and therefore backtrack backtracking it to, you know, how do you, how do you get forward? But that's exactly what you want, right? Like right. at the end of the day, when you said the Reaper is going to come and grab us, you're, yeah, you're going to pass. What are you going to leave? What's the legacy you're going to leave behind? And what do you want right. people to know you for? Or what impact did you want to leave on this earth? And so it's really just knowing that, like you said, purpose and where enduring you finding fulfillment or finding purpose, can you find your own fulfillment and happiness? And, you know, that's kind of where, um, you know, I see pushing this agenda and mindset, but let me, le- le- let me have you leave us with one word or not one word. I would say one sentiment Talk to your 20-year-old self. What do you tell them as far as the best piece of advice that you can leave them with uh, where you're at today um, if they're going to go chase purpose? If I was going to say that to my 20-year-old self, I would have done this and, I, and I'm doing it now and, I, and I it would have been so smarter for me to do it then. And it was, it'd be, Joe, surround yourself by the people and conditions that you want to produce surround yourself by the people and conditions you want to produce. That is literally right out of Wayne Dyer's mouth. And it's the, it, it, it's the biggest piece because you're not an island. You're not alone. When you surround yourself, when you visualize, when you see yourself as surrounded by the people and conditions you want to produce, things happen. The, the, the universe, God will conspire with you so that things happen. It's, it's bizarre. And it's been happening in my life over the, especially over the last two years, suddenly, you know, I, it's Craig Ballantyne connects me to Vince Del Monte, who connects me to you, who gets me here. You know what I mean? Like this happened for a reason. And it happened because I saw myself as surrounded by good people and the conditions that I wanted. And so you, you got to take action. Of course, it's like right. you start connecting, get around coaches, get around better. I, I want to be around people that are smarter than me. Like, so you, you get into these rooms or, you know, get around the picnic table. I don't care. Just get around people so that, you know, if, if somebody has got a physique that you, you admire, get around that person and start asking questions. Somebody has got a family life that you admire ask them what's going on. What are you doing? Well, how do you make this work, man? Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll tell you, you should read this book, read the five love languages. It's like, boom, it'll, you know, head exploding. It's like, book, and then yeah. heart exploding. The, the, surround yourself by the people and conditions you want to produce. Best advice I could have given myself. I, I, I'm glad I got it now because I'm living well past hundred, bro. I'm telling you, I'm right living on, a long life it. of purpose. 